Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly slash more nightly movie podcast looking at these top 250 movies of all time. This week we're talking about Lagan, Once Upon a Time in India. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. I'm Giovanna. I'm Babu. Um, and we're going to take a look at one of the classics of, of Indian cinema, released in 2001. Uh, but myself and Andrew, we don't have a lot of experience of, you know, of Indian cinema, so we thought we'd take a break from the usual format of two guys talking about movies that they have no understanding of, and invite two people who actually know what they're talking about. Yeah, Please, I, I'm, I'm not taking a break from, from talking about movies that I have no idea of. That's my That's, my that's your niche, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so Giovanna Babu, pleased to have you. Thank you very much. And I'd like to introduce Giovanna, who's the leading academic in Indian cinema. Yes, I mean, uh, I'm the only <laughs> academic, basically. I just completed a PhD on the circulation and production of uh, Indian uh, cinema in, um, uh, in the context of Dublin. And I'm also being in, uh, involved uh, with the uh, Indian Film Festival of uh, Ireland since its inception in 2010. And now it's in its uh, eighth edition. And uh, uh, yes, I'm, uh, I have this passion for uh, Indian cinema. And so yeah, that's why I've been studying it and, uh, and uh, involved in it uh, for uh, such a long time. Yeah, it was actually through the Indian Film Festival that we, we met you, actually, because we were talking to Siraj there, and he sort of recommended that you sort of might have some, some insight and some, some sort of something to, to contribute. And I just sort of give a bit of context about the Indian Film Festival, actually, just for, for our listeners. Like, yes, basically, um, it was uh, started by Siraj, uh, uh, and, and the first edition was in 2010. And uh, uh, basically, Siraj has been promoting Indian film in uh, Dublin for uh, many years, uh, uh, even... Um, since uh, the uh, late 80s uh, or the 90s when wow. uh, Indian films were not uh, screened anywhere in, uh, in Dublin. Now, of course, uh, since 2006, uh, they have been uh, screened uh, on a regular basis at Cineworld. And so that's why Siraj uh, started this uh, festival, because uh, he felt that uh, the Indian uh, population in Dublin was growing and so there would be an interest and uh, uh, there would be a, a market for uh, for Indian films and uh, uh, the Indian Film Festival has been uh, quite successful obviously now it's uh, uh, much smaller because uh, the funding is not there to have a massive event but uh, Siraj is very good in keeping it alive uh, and uh, it's uh, it's great to to be part of it yes oh, fantastic. Uh, for our listeners just when is it on roughly so if our listeners are interested in checking it out obviously we'll have the we'll have the website in the show notes but just when when is it on roughly when should they be marking their calendars yes it's uh, it's on uh, this year it's on in September from the 15th to the 17th of September 2017 and uh, yes, it's um, uh, over a weekend, there are several venues, it's mainly um, uh, libraries, public li libraries, and uh, even um, there's, educational there's institutions. DIT. Yes, yeah. there is a, exactly DCU. a screening in Trinity. DIT, a screening the in, in, uh, in uh, DCU and in, uh, and in the long room uh, in uh, DIT, exactly, in uh, Trinity College. And uh, uh, then uh, there are screenings, of course, in uh, Dandram Cinema, that is... Uh, um, in the past few years, is the main venue of uh, of the film festival. Perfect. It's kind of funny you should mention um, in terms of like Indian cinema. Sort of, it wasn't very big internationally um, in the nineties. So it didn't have the same distribution over here that it would now. The same presence it would have, I think, even even internationally on people's radar that it has now. I mean, when we're thinking about Lagan, yeah. Would you consider, say, Lagan to have been a big moment in that? Actually, just sort of because I, I, we know next to nothing about Lagan except for. 
what we've read about him. It seems like it might have been sort of a breakout moment in some ways. Would that be fair to say? Yes, it would be fair because it's um, uh, Lagan is kind of a crossover film and it's one of the first crossover films because it's a... Um, Indian production in the sense that uh, um, the director and the producers are um, Indian and are part of uh, Bollywood. There are other films that are considered crossover, but uh, they are um, made by um, directors who are based in Canada or in uh, uh, North America or in the UK, like uh, Mir Nair or Gurinder Chada. They make Indian films, but they're not uh, Indian uh, like uh, Lagan would be yeah. because uh, the uh, directors are not actually based in India, so they have a, a different sensitivity, a different taste, a different style. And uh, instead, uh, Lagan is um, really a um, uh, groundbreaking film because uh, it retained many characteristics that are typical of uh, um, Bollywood films, like, uh, mm. for example, the song and dance sequence, which yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. considered unpalatable for. Western audiences, but uh, they are a, a staple of uh, Bollywood uh, cinema. I mean, you cannot uh, really have a real Bollywood film that doesn't even have songs. You know, no, that, no. Uh, that yeah. is a big part of the entertainment. And uh, and then at the same time, it had a gripping story and uh, um, something that uh, could uh, be enjoyed by uh, um, a wide audience like uh, yeah, uh, yeah. there was something for everybody for uh, for children for uh, adults for women for men and so it was uh, something that was uh, uh, really uh, interesting and all-encompassing and uh, something that could also be enjoyed by a western audience because uh, the narrative was uh, quite even if the film is very long the narrative yeah. was quite tight it was a meandering uh, like uh, many Bollywood films, uh, traditional Bollywood films, um, uh, have a lot of flashbacks uh, and sometimes the narrative changes uh, to uh, um, give space to comedy, slapstick comedy or melodrama because uh, the film mm. needs to be uh, enjoyed by many different people who li like many different films. So you sort of have a sampling then of different types within the yeah. same film. Exactly, there, exactly, exactly. Do you, do you think this was a conscious overture to, towards a Western audience or was it a, a happy coincidence that it happened to yeah. meet these requirements and was distributed? Yeah, no, I think it was a, um, a coincidence in the sense that uh, the, the films uh, is still geared towards uh, an Indian audience. Yeah, with the it, song yes, and dance. And, yes, and, yeah. uh, and uh, because the main market is Indian, so they, they didn't want to make it um, more appealing to a Western audience on purpose, but uh, they just wanted to make a film that uh, uh, could be enjoyed by the <clears throat> mainstream audience who likes uh, entertainment, but also by... Uh, uh, more sophisticated audiences would uh, who would like a film that uh, has a narrative uh, with uh, s uh, some uh, uh, meaning and uh, um, uh, um, uh, an artistic value to the film mm. as well yeah. in terms of uh, production values, in terms of uh, uh, costumes and production design, and uh, but also um, a patriotic interest in terms of yeah. the fact that... It's a very patriotic movie. Yes, exactly. It is. It's and like a less I violent think, Braveheart. Yeah, yes. I, think, I think they show us on Independence Day in India yes, quite exactly, a lot. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, because uh, it's, um, it's a very 
uh, important moment like yeah. in uh, the history of India and so all these uh, um, patriotic tales are told uh, during that day, obviously. Oh. Well, just for our listeners who may not be familiar with Lagan, just to give a brief over, overview of what Overture was about. It's uh, set in the 1880s, I believe. Um, it depicts yes. a cricket match uh, between the local province and the, um, the British regiment that's stationed there. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result of a wager uh, made by the evil Captain um, Russell, Russell. Russell. Um, basically there's a bet on where either if the team wins, they will be spared the Lagan of the title, which is the tax of grain that they, yeah. the British exact, um, for three years, which is a long time. It's, it's a phenomenal opportunity for the community, which has been stuck without rain and thus hasn't been able to grow the crop in the first place. But if they lose the cricket match, they'll end up having to pay triple the tax. So you've got this sort of wonderful sports underdog story, basically, about these this local team that has never played cricket before in their lives. His only frame of reference for the game is a child's game, um, which which obviously follows very different rules, but who find themselves pitching against these sort of regimented officers who've been playing it all their lives with this sense of sort of uh, British superiority. And you have this sort of nationalist pride running through it. And mm. it's actually interesting. I'm kind of I'm curious. Now, Giovanna, you probably know this. Is this... in Does this have any resemblance to anything that actually happened or is this is this like Braveheart where it's like maybe if there was a little element of truth well, to more this so than Braveheart more so than yeah <laughs> um, yeah so what uh, as far as I know it's not um, 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 a, a real story it's not based on truth as far as I know it's um, it is a fictional story that might have happened uh, because it is possible but I I, I don't think I, it, it really happened actually um it, it's uh, quite good i well okay well what, what, did, what did you guys make of it you guys yeah, that, yeah. um babu um you said nothing so far tell um we um we believe we believe that 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 you also may 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 have an interesting perspective on on this I tell tell it, I, I suppose tell us a bit about your n- n- knowledge and background of, of no, I, indian cinema yeah i mean to be honest with you um our film i i wouldn't say that i'm particularly passionate about indian cinema i'm more passionate about Giovanna and hence cinema then i get dragged on no um i mean to be honest with you the I remember when Lagan was introduced in, into a, a sort of when it was first out. What you found was it was one of the first films that um, you could say that had a widespread coverage in the media. So because of the nature of the fact that I think it'd been nominated for Oscars, the foreign, the foreign, um, more so film. in the UK. Yeah, I think the yeah, ex- because, exposure of it. Yeah, because partly because if you look at the the underlying themes, as uh, a it was. Um, the subject matter relates to cricket and mm. the empire yeah. and India. So India was part of the Commonwealth. Yeah. And obviously the, the British were in India for the, the best part of 400 years. So there is that underlying element of it if you look at the themes of it. Um, so I think in terms of its, its reporting, it was widespread more so than many other films at that time that would have been, you know, um, Indian in origin. Yeah. But um, it wouldn't have had the same press coverage. Even at that time, growing up, there were a lot of Indian films that were released and did very well at the box office. But the the nature of the way they were reported and the nature of the way that the conversation film, around them, film, or? yeah, well, film yeah. distribution. It never Indian films very rarely um, appeared in the top ten. 
Yeah. You know, say if you're watching at the time, say Barry Norman, you know, film 99 or whatever yeah. it was, there was never really, might sort of squeeze in there at number 10, but there were no actual figures of, of, of box <laughs> office receipts. So consequently, Indian films didn't feature as much, although they were very successful. Yeah. You know, uh, I think the thing with Lagan, as Giovanna said, um, a lot of the, like Bend It Like Beckham, those kind of films yeah. where they were made by the kind of East, late nineties, yeah, yeah, East, you know, East is East, East is East. These kind yeah. of films, they were often made by non-Indians, yeah, um, mm. if you like, but of Indian background. Um, whereas this film was obviously Amir Khan was a huge star there already, yeah, in India, um, and the film is made in a such way as you say, it is quite, if you like, um, patriotic would be the way that you could. Yeah describe yeah. it or it's also more more authentic or, and less commercial maybe. yeah so yeah. because of the nature of the fact that it is patriotic suggests that it wasn't necessarily okay guys let's go make a film that will be appeal accessible to, to international yeah exactly. or, you know with them in mind primarily. yeah i think it was you know primarily for an indian audience yeah. and and that also is when you think about the length of the film as well i yeah. mean uh it is quite long this is a long movie. <laughs> very very so long movie. um whereas if you look at say bandit like beckham the films that Amir Nyerson, they are very they're short, short yeah. you know in comparison shall we yeah. say so this is three hours and 45 minutes just to give listeners a sense of length there's a, an intermission in the middle even on a dvd for example yeah and um, that would it, be it's common in, a, in india uh, in indian films to have an intermission yeah. Whereas in Western audiences aren't really used to having an intermission yeah. during a film. Yeah. Uh, whereas quite common in Indian films, both. In, and what you find is that if you have an Indian film that's exhibited here, yeah, you get an intermission. All right. Yeah. So if you go to somewhere, they don't know. like cut it. Like I know, like the no, Weinstein's no, no, or whatever. We'll, when we'll have a, a ten minute or fifteen minute oh, break yeah. in between. So if you go to a, a cinema in Dublin, you will see there'll be an intermission, particularly at one of the larger cinemas, which I won't mention the name. But you know it's it's common yeah. that there'll be an intermission. So, mm. okay. uh, whereas a Western film that might be over two hours, or yeah. if you watch say one of the latest big blockbusters, if it runs over two and a half hours, there'll be no break. Yeah, you're sitting in the seat for exactly. that long. That's, yeah, exactly. yeah, make yeah. yourself comfortable. So, uh, that, so it's got those elements of of, of being a, you know a traditional Indian film in that sense. Okay. Yes, it is. I mean, um, Giovanna was mentioning that when this went into production. Like, it's, I think, maybe one of the first films that was produced by Amir Khan, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's, like, he was obviously a huge star at the time. Yeah. Um, and he still is. I think he's one of the biggest names in, in Indian filmmaking Absolutely. at the moment. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. He's one of the three Khans who are the main uh, stars in uh, Bollywood film at, uh, at the moment, exactly. The other two are Shah Rukh Khan and Salman Khan, yes. But the but, difference of, of and, and Giovanna would know because she's more of an academic than I am in, in terms of, Amir Khan tends to make less films than okay. most Bollywood stars. And the fact that he's got his own production company, he generally makes some very interesting films right. uh, that are that talk about different aspects of Indian life, whereas maybe the other guys make very commercial films. Mm. And make that, a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, whereas his films tend to have these underlying themes yeah, you know, yeah. So. Well, I mean, even in this, I think there's an element of of social commentary about say the caste structure and stuff like Absolutely. that. But we'll probably yeah. talk about yeah. we'll definitely talk about the film itself. But I think there is a sense of, I think even as somebody who doesn't know much about Indian culture and who's just watching as an outsider. Well, first of all, I want to say that it's a very accessible film as, as somebody who's never it seen is. an Indian film before. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, there, sorry, Andrew's laughing there, here. Um, the least successful a, part of the movie is a, cricket. Is yeah, is cricket. So I, I <laughs> mean, who was our cricket expert here? Which is very exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Giovanna's for for all of us, I yeah. think Babu was the the, the the one who was able to let us in on the world of cricket. Well, yeah. I, I um, the ironic thing is that um, the one thing that that the British, if you like, that left. You know, obviously, they left a lot of different things. But in terms of sporting culture, India is a huge. The number one, I'd say, game there is cricket. It's huge now, and now the um, the IPL league there is it's worth billions. Yeah, you know, so say in in a country like the UK, you know, where you've got the Premier League, which yeah. is football, um, that's around the world. It's become a huge sport, and everywhere that um, it, it was, you know, kind of uh, football was, if you like. Um, original foundations were in England. Yeah. Cricket was very similar. However, cricket tended to, in certain parts of the Commonwealth, Australia, Sri Lanka, yeah, Pakistan, yeah. Pakistan, West Indies, yeah, yeah. these kind of places, cricket took off. But football, not so much. Right. But cricket now is a huge sport in India. It's the, the main sport. And that's part of the fact that the, the British were there and they introduced cricket. Yeah. And the Indians took that game on board. You know, whereas partly I would say the reason behind that is that the nature, if you look at the, the the way that the country was run by the British, a lot of the people that were stationed there would tend to be of a certain class. Yeah. And they played cricket. They weren't really playing football. Yeah. And that's what they left. And then the, yeah. the British, it, the Indians adopted that as, that's how I know it because I'm kind of, if you like, second generation. I was born in England, but all my cousins and a lot of my family were born in India. And so I played cricket as a child. I, I, I imagine as a colonial power as well, you would worry about the amount of fights that a football game might start <laughs> compared, compared to a, a, a relatively civilized uh, game, game I, of I cricket. Like that, I like that Andrew's idea of like the primary export of soccer is hooliganism. So, <laughs> so even in, well, even in the mid-19th century. It can get spiky. I mean, yeah, it's a contact sport. So I, I, I mean, in cricket, obviously, there's, there's the potential to... to to, to, to get hurt by the other person but there as we see there could be like exactly. what 10 yards away from you at the time <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 as I say I, it's, it's one of those things that I never understand how football never took off there I, I think partly because it was never I don't think it was played in any any um, with any any great gusto yeah, or yeah. And, and I think the other thing as well is that um, I think it's a class thing you know, the, the, yeah. the British, the, a lot of the people that you were sending your upper crust and they were the ones yeah, who were living in they, the houses. And yeah, the and they, they, they played cricket. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, in, if you look here in, in Dublin, where is the big, where do you find a cricket yeah. pitch? In Trinity, in Trinity College. College. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see it at UCD. Or, <laughs> or DCU yeah. or DIT. There might be one in D4 as well. And Yeah, exactly. I think they've got a cricket club there, I think. But, you know, it's it's... It, yeah, for, it's for well, well, well to do areas. That yeah, well yeah. To these areas yeah. yeah, I think rugby has become more. Um, well, it's, a, it's more of a south side, yeah, Dublin sort of thing. No, no, but it, it's 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 become more mainstream now, and it's kind of crossed yeah. the oh. class divide to 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 a bigger extent. I, I mean, every, every every most people watch rugby these days, and it's become a, a kind of like it had always been in certain places in in Ireland, like in 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 Limerick, for example, people mm. would. Well, after what is it? Rule seventy-two is—is is that what it is in in, in, in Gaelic? Yeah. 
where no where, where 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 you can um it used to be i think until the 70s it was um you weren't allowed to play um foreign sports yeah but i think um in parts of Munster, people always kind of played rugby and there wasn't it was so much of a class thing i know growing up um it was just starting to change in 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 sligo it, it, was, it, it was it was it was it was still when i started um playing um a a, a kind of upper middle class, and yeah. upper middle class game but there there was there were there was starting to be like more um like other other people from different backgrounds taking it up and i think these days it's it's certainly like come further than cricket has when it comes to <laughs> I, I, I like uh, your colonial miles your milestones <laughs> of colonial sport as they apply to to ireland yeah and yeah but i mean one of the things yeah that babby was right i think about the the upper cross sort of cr- nature of cricket one of the things i really like about uh, the use of cricket in in this film is it captures the real sense of like cricket is a space is a, is a game that like you know colonial white guys play in a scorching hot climate surrounded by dirt dressed entirely in white and never get dirty like i feel like that's like a really very effective visual for sort of hitting at like how the british see colonialism as being and then that's juxtaposed i think very well with the with the villagers and, and sort of like the, the reality of the situation well so i mean cricket in england is, is very much a summer game yeah. football mm. is a winter game it will run you know, around from, the year yeah from august until until april mm. you know but but cricket tends to be played during the the summer in england yeah well the... you were mentioning as our cricket consultant while we were watching it filling us in with all the all the rules and stuff that like you could call a game of cricket on account of rain or like bad lighting yeah so i mean generally when i was growing up and it's obviously rules have changed over the period of time um but to make the game more exciting, you have limited over games and this kind of thing. With cricket, traditionally, it was always run over several days that the yeah. game yeah. played. Yeah. And that requires a lot of... It only feels like several days when you're watching the climax of the film. <laughs> um, I'm joking. And like, I actually, it's, not, it's not 2020 in, no, in exactly, the movie. Yeah. Exactly. One so. of the things I actually really like about it is it does make it accessible. Like, I think, it's, it's, I think it's, the film is very well constructed and very well directed to the point where even if Babu wasn't helpfully explaining how cricket works or why cricket works the way it does. I think the film does an excellent job laying out the stakes. I think it's very well directed yeah. and very and, well staged. And within the world of the movie, that makes sense because these are people who are playing cricket for the first time. Yeah. yeah. So the the audience um, has... Well, also as audience members who know nothing about cricket, we have yeah, sort of we, a surrogate almost. We, we yeah, we, we have that surrogate there who's who, who, who are the farmers learning how to play cricket yeah. and learning the rules as they go along yeah. and, and, and us as an audience following them with that. As they're going. Well, I think the sport is the, the game of cricket is like the undeniable thing, but it's it's still you're rooting for a, you're rooting an for a hero yeah. and an underdog versus the villain. Yeah. You know, so I, it's I, good versus evil. So it's got that, that yeah. element of it. And then within that that criteria, you've got all these different dynamics, and, yeah, and sort of setups. Well, I mean, we'll probably talk then in a bit more depth yeah. about the film, like because I, I I really really enjoyed it actually. I sat down, I watched it. I really, it's a very accessible movie. Like, I mean, obviously, I think I think Giovanna and and Babu were putting it in the context of like Indian cinema and cricket, which are two things that I know nothing about, but I still watching it greatly enjoyed it. Just, it's a fantastically constructed sports film, and I think it's it's very well constructed for the reason Babu was saying. It's it's a primarily an underdog story. Like, even if you have no grounding in the particulars of what's going on, you understand the dynamics of play, you understand the stakes, you mm. understand the drama. Like, there's even the... I think it's, it's very clear. I really, really enjoyed it, and I would recommend people watch it. Yeah. But make sure you set up a good 
afternoon. Yes, yes. A rainy, um, rainy afternoon would probably be the best time to watch it. Cup of tea. Yeah. Don't start at 10 o'clock at night. I know. I was uh, I was actually doing a bunch, a little bit, a tiny bit of research before this, and I was noting that they had some screenings uh, when it was touring India, when it was touring sort of, uh, when it was released in the UK, they had some screenings at various film festivals and stuff. And they would have start time 6.30 p.m., open brackets, on account of length, close brackets. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is the reason that it's not getting like the, the nine o'clock slot is because we won't finish until 1 a.m. No, this is very true. This, this is, is uh, it's, 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 it's common to... The thing is, if you've got a long film, the chances are, as we mentioned before, it's not going to have a lot of showings on a... On a no. day. On a day. Yeah. That's the only thing. Which, which is, I think, as, as we mentioned, somewhat ironic that as we're entering the blockbuster age, even American films are getting longer and Indian yeah. films are getting shorter. Yeah. And then so they'll be around the same time. <laughs> eventually. They, eventually they'll <laughs> hit the perfect mark of somewhere around yeah. two hours and a half, probably. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. In fact, now most uh, Bollywood films are uh, more or less uh, two and a half hours long. But that is also because uh, uh, the audiences in India are becoming more sophisticated because uh, uh, multiplexes are becoming commonplace in Indian uh, cities. And, uh, so, so they have a choice. Yeah. Exactly. And, and more uh, screens and you don't. Yeah. And more and more uh, people, um, like uh, part of the middle class, um, can uh, go to these, um, can afford to go to these uh, uh, multiplexes and uh, they're used to watching Hollywood films or anyway uh, films made in the West and so even their sensibilities change and uh, that's why basically uh, a lot of uh, commercial films uh, are becoming a bit shorter and uh, the narrative is getting tighter even to adapt to the new taste of these uh, metropolitan audiences because in the past uh, two decades uh, Indian middle classes have been growing a lot uh, Indian, uh, India is becoming an, an economic power and so basically that's why uh, people are more used to watching different films and not only uh, locally produced films and so their uh, taste changes mm. and uh, they have to kind of adapt. I think um, also, you, sorry, to, uh, I think the other thing is, or the interesting thing is that um, as the world is, is changing, the audience now, in terms of the reason that like when even when Lagan was made in two thousand and one, there probably weren't uh, the, the main audiences were in certain areas of the world. Now what you'll find is that uh, the number of non-resident Indians, they call them NRIs, who are watching films yeah. uh, throughout the world, America, the UK, the Middle East, yeah, here, yeah, you know. So consequently, uh, the films are shorter, the budgets are a lot bigger yeah. than they used to be. So even someone like myself that. I probably thought, ah, you know, some of these films are not to my taste because I grew up on Western films, you know, yeah. American mm. films, British films, are, you know, the structure and the narrative were, yeah. you know, it, if it didn't make sense, then you thought, that's a stupid film. That's a bit of an awkward fit, yeah. Whereas now, you know, um, the, the film structures of Indian films tend to be a bit more... Conventional. Yeah. Yeah, they still have elements of, of, of Indian film of the, yeah. you know, the, of the past, but they, it's a bit more conscious of, of making sure that it is a the audience appeal yeah. is more broader i'm you know. i'm curious to know whether there's been much of a kind of nostalgic pushback against that people who miss the old <laughs> nonsensical the old or um no because I, or I, the, I, the esoteric um kind of indian cinema well like, you want to mention three different um major stars that the, the mm, three can, right? mm, yeah. and actually they all have a different audience 
Okay. You know, because Salman Khan in particular, generally his audiences, his movies tend to be fairly simple, you know, and uh, um, they're not, you know, they're, they're broad in, in range, but they're not particularly sophisticated. Okay. You know, they are traditional in that sense. So, they are mainly for um, um, uh, the masses uh, because um, uh, most of um, uh, the audience uh, is um, uh, composed by people who are past of the lower uh, classes, the low, lower mm. social classes in India. So people with not much education, people who um, wouldn't speak English, and so um, people who maybe would work hard for little mm. money and uh, who want uh, to watch a, a, a film uh, at the weekend just to uh, for entertainment to forget about uh, their daily life and so on. And so they still uh, need this kind of uh, big blockbusters uh, that uh, have a bit of everything in it, a bit mm. of comedy, a bit of action, uh, a bit of love story and so on, and uh, uh, to cater for these kind of uh, audiences because uh, uh, for a long time uh, this was the audience that would be most uh, profitable because uh, the uh, middle classes and the upper classes in India would be uh, very small compared yeah. to the masses and yeah. so you would cater to the masses not to a minority uh, but now things are changing uh, as uh, I said that the middle classes are growing yeah. Yeah. but uh, they still need to cater for the rest of the population so they try to uh, kind of mix typical elements of Bollywood like the song and dance sequences uh, the mix of genres but uh, uh, they're trying to do it in a, a bit more sophisticated way, mm. uh, having uh, higher production values, even in terms of action sequences. And also uh, they're trying to have a story that is more tight, more coherent, uh, no meandering narratives uh, to try to please uh, every section of the audience. Yes. But the interesting thing is about the, the broad range, you know, like say Salman Khan films, I haven't seen an awful lot of his films, if I'm honest with you, but they tend to be action movies, they tend to be escapism, yeah. they tend to be central love story, and they tend to also have exotic locations. Whereas if you look at Lagan, for instance, it's in a village. It's a very ground, is it, would grounded be a word you would use? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one location yeah. essentially, so it's not, uh, it, whereas a lot of Indian films, they tend to be, they'll shoot two days in a desert just to have a, a song and dance sequence, uh, you know, they'll yeah. go to Paris, this kind of, um, so it's got that element Or Dublin. Yeah, we take the tiger. So I think that's, a, whereas Salman Khan, um, whereas Amir Khan, the guy who was the main protagonist in this particular movie, he makes less movies and he also produces movies that mm. tend to be looking at the Indian culture and and the country, yeah, and and Dangal, I think, is his recent one. So, for example, yeah. that's dealing with girls who want to wrestle, I believe. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, his films are um, uh, mainly about um, social issues in India, mm. and uh, they are always set uh, in um, in India, and uh, they they talk about uh, some um, topics that are uh, related to mm. Indian history, like in the case of Lagan or Indian society, like for Dangal. Uh, it's very unusual for women to be able to wrestle. I, I mean, it's very yeah. difficult uh, to see uh, female west, uh, wrestlers here, never mind in India, where yeah. uh, women, as you see in the film, are expected to 
uh, marry, um, look after the house, uh, look after the children, and that's it. And in fact, uh, and that is a true story. The uh, story of Tangal is a true story. Uh, um, this girl uh, really exists and are keeping yeah. on competing and wrestling, and they're very successful. Fantastic. Yeah. It is worth noting in terms of, say, the international exposure acknowledgement of, of Indian films, like as since we've been doing the podcast, we've been doing the podcast about a year, we've actually seen a much greater representation of, of Indian film uh, on the list as well. Like the Ghana has come in and out since, but Dangal was a big new entry last year. But there, there, there's more um, Indian films on the list now than there were when we started, which is, is kind of great to see that there's a sense that, you know, the list which... Andrew and I have talked about this a bit. The, the IMDb's list generally attracts the kind of people who vote online in polls for movies. Yeah. So it's mostly men who grew up in the 90s and like Quentin Tarantino a lot. So it's kind of really good to have that sort of sense of like a, a broader worldview almost, like a sort of a sampling. Yeah, I, I think that partly is that um, there are cinema chains now who have made a commitment to showing more art house movies and also um, foreign language films. Yeah. So... And the, the, the thing about Indian film is that, A, you've got a foreign language film, and a lot of them tend to be quite, you know, kind of mainstream films. So, and also, there tends to be a lot of violence, but no nudity. Yeah. And they tend to be family-oriented films. Which so are very good for American audiences. Yeah. 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 So basically... This is a very wholesome movie. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You, you don't see a lot of sex. You don't see... Okay, some of the violence, but it tends to be comic view, yeah. book violence. You don't see a lot of... Actual war. consequences of the, yeah, the violence it's not, committed. You know, so consequently... It, Red splatter. Yeah. Your, your audience demographic... In terms of if you show one of those movies exhibit, yeah. you know that you're you know you've got an audience that it's it's not going to be restricted yeah by mm. um an you're not going to offend too many yeah. people you're not going to get an eighteen certificate you're yeah. not going to get a an 15... X or an O or whatever yeah you you're just not going to get so in that respect so consequently it's easier to market than the King's Speech was in the in the U S for yeah. example that sort yeah. of thing and also because of the fact that the the distribution is is greater. The type of audience that you've got tends to be people who, particularly non-resident Indians, yeah. who are then going to be more social media orientated. They they're aware right. of that, so consequently, it's much easier to vote than yeah. on IMDb. DB. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, so it, it is pretty great. With that in mind, then we sort of we talked about the film generally. Uh, I think everybody here liked it. I'm not sure. Uh, Andrew, what were you make? Yeah, no, I I um I enjoyed it. What well, did you think it was, it was too long? Did, Actually, you, did the... you struggle with the time? I did. I, I I did struggle with 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 the time, but that's the, that's just a kind of like a physiological failing of of, <laughs> of, of myself. Like like it's Sorry. it's 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 not like it's late in 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 the, in the day. This is early, early in the afternoon. I, I feel like nor nor is it too early in the morning. They, I, like I should be able to stay awake for four for I, three hours and forty five minutes. I feel like I two on, cups of coffee. I feel like on behalf of like everybody listening to this podcast, you should be aware. That when myself and Andrew watched 2001 A Space Odyssey... I which fell asleep is, for the second time. <laughs> yeah. Not only did he fall asleep during it, he fell asleep after falling asleep at that exact same moment the last time he tried to watch it. There, it's like, like there's a hypnotic kind of suggestion <laughs> yeah, yeah, at yeah. that point in the movie. That, that, <laughs> that just, just sort of comes yeah, Andrew asleep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't fall asleep for this. Open the uh, bay doors, it's Andrew's code <laughs> yeah, word, in yeah. case anybody's wondering. No, I, 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 I enjoyed this quite a lot. I... Um, there were some of this, there, 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 there were some aspects of it, I guess, that I thought were kind of um, on the nose. 
Um, it is it is very broad and, in, in, yeah, in yeah. several ways, I think. But so I, I think without, that... without, without, without going into too many details, I mean, I, I, I can't, I I can't yeah. go into it. But, but I thought it was a real treat to be exposed to something that I'm not really used to. Yeah. And, and, and I thought this was a very good movie. And if somebody were to ask me, should I go see this movie? I, I'd, I'd, I'd tell them to go for it. Yeah. I think the 250 list is better for having movies like this on it. Yeah. Uh, to, then I, I also, I also had something really minor that's on, very no. particular to me. Food that waste, I, is it? No, no, no. There was, I, no I, I, there was no food waste in this movie. There, there was something else, like, at the end of this movie that upset me quite a lot. But it's, it's <laughs> we'll, purely me. We'll get into we'll, that when we'll, we talk about we'll the spoilers. We'll go into it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when, yeah, you've, yeah. Okay. when you've had a chance on Andrew's recommendation <laughs> to see the movie. I don't think it, even saying it would spoil a movie. What? But <laughs> what, what we're saying is... I think broadly we'd recommend people watch yeah. this movie. If yeah. you haven't That's seen good. this movie yet, get it out, watch it, and uh, come back to us on the other side of the spoiler zone. Yeah, we'll end, we'll have our own little intermission now, maybe a bit earlier in the <laughs> podcast than the intermission is in the film, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the uh, the movie with spoilers. <laughs> so Andrew, we're, we're going to talk about the spoilers of the film, and we're going to talk about the film in a bit more depth here, but... And now that everybody's watched the movie, yeah. I kind of have to ask, what was the little thing? Yeah, I, 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 um, the, the, the anti-British stuff, I don't think you can say that, that that's harsh. Because there's a lot of... We watched Braveheart a couple of weeks ago. Compared yeah, yeah. to Braveheart, the British people in these movies are practically yeah. saints. It's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not harsh because they actually, they actually give the um, thing that they didn't do in Braveheart, which is... They they have the one British good character. English person, <laughs> yes. um, which which demonstrates oh it it's not it's, it's not a people it's just a a um, culture a, a, society yeah or a product of colonialism yeah. and and it wasn't harsh in the sense that like the British the, colonial rule was horrible but, and portraying yeah, it as horrible exactly. is not a bad thing if 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 this had happened it would be nowhere near the worst thing that, that <laughs> the, the colonial British powers had, had done in India. So it wasn't that. It was just that it was it was very kind of on the nose, very um, I, sort of. I admired like, the on the noseness, sneering of, oh kind gosh. of. Like yeah, I like the I, fact that Russell is introduced was, shooting defenseless animals. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not enough that he shoots a defenseless deer. It's he like afterwards he shoots an adorable rabbit. Like it's a sense of what's the expression? Kicking the dog. It's like no, no. Russell shoots the rabbit. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I mean, of, I, I, I thought it was fun, it, 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 but yeah, and that, that it, doesn't even like rank him like compared to like British villains in Mel Gibson films. Russell doesn't even rank like yeah, Russell, yeah. Russell compared to like Edward the Longshanks or that guy that uh, Jason Isaacs played in the Patriot. No. Like Russell seems like he'd be nice to have over for a cup of tea. Perhaps. Yeah, he's, and he's got killer sideburns. He's just bad enough that you don't have to have him completely eviscerated at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. like, like it's sufficient Not for kind of it's, him. Yeah, <laughs> it's sufficient for him to suffer to, a huge humiliation. To suffer humiliation, and, and he doesn't actually and, have to be physically. And, yeah, and be reduced to 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 a, to a less glamorous posting. So uh, the interesting thing is that you know one of the underlying themes of, the, of, of of, of the film it indicates that, like power corrupts so you've got this yeah. colonialism I mean you think that the British were here probably in, in Ireland 800 years yeah. so what you find is that there are certain characters who then use the opportunity mm. uh, they're black and tans for to, example to, yeah, yeah. So, to basically so take advantage to be a little bit 
rubbish towards people. Hmm. <laughs> so whereas, because if you saw, if you look at the very end of the film, when the British, you know, generals or colonels were going, oh well done, that was a great shot. So there was a, a sense of fair play. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was attached to it. So in that respect, it, it's it's like saying having a colonial power. There are some people who will abuse that power. Yeah, you know. So that's where you know it, it's kind of. Um, so one of those underlining themes was that power corrupts. I would say. Um, there, you know, and then then you've got certain other things of rich versus poor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are sophisticated versus people who are not. One of the things that's interesting is sort of the suggestion of social class within the village itself. Yeah. Like the, um, the, the, the product of, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the production of this because this is an incredibly lavish and beautiful film. Like being by, uh, any but, standards, like exactly. By yeah. Any. It's amazing though, how much money this would have cost if, if, <laughs> if, if it hadn't been, uh, made in India, uh, made in India. Well, because I, I think it worked out at around 11 million uh, dollars, at which would be very modest for an American where you movie, have twenty thousand extras yeah. at the climax. Yeah, where you have but like there's these... a lot of waste in, <laughs> not to mention food waste. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, Andrew's prepared food waste. But I mean, like, yeah, you and none of that is none of the stuff is CGI. So you have this progression of people through the village. You have they apparently they rented uh, like one hundred acres of farmland, I believe, and actually physically built the, the village on yes. it. And yeah. like they they developed like a culture and a social hierarchy in the village as well. Like it. Just looking at it, and even even the song and dance numbers, where you have like there's there's the stories about like the pick the 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 you know uh, Russell's sister's hat. That was apparently they tried hundreds and hundreds of hats to get the right one to give wow. you a sense of like the level of production that was into it. That's the kind of thing that you associate with say fifties or sixties Hollywood or even yeah. Hollywood, as there opposed was, to today where it just be like bang it on the green screen. There was a lot of comment from that that this was kind of reminiscent of the MGM musicals. Yeah. Um. That that the, the, like for a Western audience that is that yeah. that it brought it to mind. I yeah. I know I'm sort of imposing my own sort of viewpoint as somebody who knows nothing about Indian cinema, but looking at it, it's, it feels it's, very much like a classic. Yeah. But it does have um, that, those elements uh, of Indian cinema where you've got the song and dance routine. Yeah. They're still there now. And actually, um, I, I know th that budget was probably quite high at that time, but the films that we've seen recently uh, tend to be a lot more lavish. So even though you may have thought it was quite lavish, okay. there are films now that uh, we've seen in the last 12 months that, mm. that are even more than uh, that. Even more than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well that, the I think that this is in 2001. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think production costs in India tend to be lower. Because you know, labour rates yeah. yeah. so, you know, And then the actual fact is that, as I said before, this was set in one location, whereas... A lot of the, the later oh, if you're moving, if you're moving be, the production crew around, that's obviously more expensive. Yeah, perhaps, if yeah. you look at the film that was shot here in um, Ector Tiger, that was shot yeah. here in, in Ireland. 2011. Yeah, Giovanna was involved in. Um, oh. Yes. Yeah. You know, that was shot in multiple countries, yeah. you know, with a big budget. So Yeah, they, oh. were, they went to Cuba, they went to Morocco, oh, wow. they went to Thailand as well. So I'm sure you have some stories. Yes, so obviously no, I didn't go to the various locations. <laughs> no, but from, there, from, the, from the from the from the production in Dublin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but even here, basically, uh, they they try to uh, do very complex scenes, uh, very complex stunts. The Lewis. And, I, I remember uh, yes, that. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, and uh, they uh, they were really successful. They had the stunt uh, 
uh, teams that uh, were working on the Lord of the Rings, for example, I mean, yeah. really, really high profile uh, mm. professionals, and uh, that is what uh, they are moving towards, uh, like uh, mm. higher production values, because in the past, uh, in Bollywood films, even the fight scenes wouldn't be very sophisticated and so on, because they wouldn't have the budget, uh, they wouldn't have the mm. technology, you know, but now they are trying to uh, uh, be on par with uh, uh, Hollywood films, uh, really. And uh, even here, uh, I mean, they, they work a lot towards uh, uh, having that kind of feelings, like uh, the feeling of a film that is uh, carefully made with um, uh, professional crews mm. and with uh, um, stunts that um, are at the same level as uh, Western films. But uh, yes, and um, Dublin helped a lot, like Dublin City Council and even Trinity College, they helped a lot because obviously they didn't have the budget of a Bollywood uh, of a Hollywood blo blockbuster mm. and so basically um, they uh, try to uh, use the film as a way to promote uh, tourism to Ireland and uh, that's why ah. basically they could uh, uh, make the film here and um, uh, for example Trinity College waive their fees uh, for using the grounds uh, and uh, even um, of course because uh, they, they want more the, it's one of Dublin's biggest uh, tourist attractions that yeah, they exactly. want to market okay. using the movie exactly yeah. and also in terms of uh, marketing the um, uh, university itself uh, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, yeah I mean they can attract a lot uh, more students. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, South Asian students because international students tend to be big business yeah yeah because yeah, they're the ones paying the money yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as opposed to us freeloaders uh, <laughs> yeah but I, I think that you know the yeah I mean the the attraction of Trinity College allowing the, that production yeah. to take place there meant that it, it then uh, featured in, in marketing, you yeah. know, in different aspects of the market. So it was a bit, a bit of canny business, maybe. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> By, Indeed. For, for, for both parties. Yeah. Yes, it was a mutually beneficial yeah. relationship between uh, Bollywood and uh, basically uh, Dublin um, um, touristic and cultural institutions. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the 11 million, as you say, that in 2001, would have been a lot of money, I think, yeah. for, for an Indian movie. Yeah. You know, so... Well, it looks, like, it looks lavish. Like, it looks really, really good. And I mean, even stuff like, I suppose a lot of that is stuff that pre-exists, like the architecture and stuff like that. Like, even the song and dance numbers, um, like, where, where for example, they're doing, they're doing the juxtaposition of, of the two love songs between uh, Gary and, and Russell's sister, where you have even, like, dancing through the sort of the architecture and, like, the wide-angle lenses. One thing that I really like is the use of wide-angle lens in the film, that, that sort of gives a sense of scope, like a sense of like vastness. Mm. A sense of... I think that's the, the elements that you talked about, the MGM musicals, that, yeah. that still hold dear now to, to a lot of Indian cinema now, yeah. Bollywood cinema. So, whereas it, it may have disappeared in Western cinema and Hollywood yeah. movies, yeah. apart from La La Land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but La La Land um, is was a musical. Conscious, and it was consciously yeah. a throwback. Uh, like it was... uh, exactly. So, but you still see a, a lot of that kind of in yeah. Indian film today. and. And it is, and the, the rich, vivid colours. I mean, even the colours of the, the British regiment uniforms and stuff like yeah. that. Like, it's, yeah, it absolutely. really pops, which is... is... Uh, actually, the um, production... Um, uh, how do you call it? Uh, the, uh, art, the, the art, uh, the production designer, exactly. In this film is uh, Nitin Chandrakant uh, Desai, who is a famous uh, art director and production designer in Bollywood films. 
and uh, he's also a director himself and he directed uh, Ajinta, uh, a film that is uh, again um, set uh, in uh, India, in British occupied India uh, at the end of uh, uh, 1800 and uh, basically um, he tells the story, a love story between uh, um, uh, an artist who is also a, a major in uh, the British Empire and a, a local villager girl uh, while uh, he was uh, basically copying these uh, paintings, uh, these uh, um, ancient paintings that are um, um, uh, still uh, visible now in the caves of uh, Ajanta uh, in India. And so, I mean, uh, there is that link. I mean, uh, this uh, uh, production designer is uh, uh, very skilled in uh, these big uh, uh, productions, uh, uh, big lavish productions like uh, mm. Morao Jan and other films, uh, um, uh, period films, uh, films set in the, in the past. And uh, he, he has a, um, a good, uh, really, um, experience in uh, blending colors and uh, textures in, Fantastic in the Fantastic colors in this movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's interesting, like in terms of the film's sort of storytelling, because mentioning like the MGM musicals as a template, and mentioning sort of like that feeling of like old classical Hollywood, like the storytelling in Legan for a movie that is three hours and three quarters. Uh, Andrew sort of alluded to this when he was he was talking about this um, earlier on, where he was saying that the storytelling maybe is a bit broad in places, but I actually really like that. There's a very sort of classical sensibility in terms of how the film is explained and how it's sort of laid out to the audience, like in terms of. There's a lot of understanding of stuff like, say, the rule of three, for example, where, you know, um, they'll, they'll be playing ball and uh, uh, Baran will basically have to uh, hit the ball. He'll miss twice and he'll hit on the third time, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, that sort of thing. Or, or to catch the ball. Or yeah. to catch the ball, it takes three attempts or, and yeah. stuff like that. Or, um, and you have this sort of, like, there's a sense you could almost watch the film without subtitles and understand what's happening. Like, we talked about oh, how broadly yeah. Russell's drawn. And I, I really like that sort of feeling to it. And, like, even in terms of, like, the dynamics of the Indian village and stuff like... Later on in the movie, there's an element with a character who's an untouchable, who's like a lower, the lowest mm. social caste, I believe, in India. Mm. But like the idea that you can have that explained in a way that makes perfect sense to the audience at home who may not be familiar with intricacies of, say, the Indian caste system. Mm. Yeah. Like, I think that the storytelling in, in this is just phenomenal. And it, it becomes particularly clear when you get to the cricket match later on, where you have great stuff, like you've got really great setup and payoff, like where uh, Tipu, the, the boy who's running back and forth, yeah. like before... Yeah. The, the match, his, his match hinges on him being caught across the line at the wrong time. But what's done is the film is edited in such a way that you see him cross the line twice before he's called on it. You see him start oh, to run okay. before yeah. the ball's thrown twice and on the third time he's called for it. So you we, get a sense of rhythm. You get a sense of what's happening. We learned a lot about cricket, about creases and wickets <laughs> we, and we really, overs yeah. and uh, six-pointers, centuries, uh, half-centuries. yeah. Four um, pointers, but, uh, two pointers. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 as I say, but the, the interesting thing is that um, the sport just acts as a, um, almost a like a MacGuffin. Yeah. You know, like yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, find yeah, in, yeah. A, in a in a in a Hitchcock film. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. But the when you talked about the the different, I mean, like, in that village, if if you saw, so you had different social classes almost. Uh, if the film portrays that the higher upper classes of, of, of British culture, if you like, then but within even that. Um, Within that village, you had the headman. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you had the, the doctor, the guy who was uh, the village chieftain, 
and then you had the, the you know the, the, they all had various roles and yeah. within that film. But the other interesting thing is that if you look closely, you had um, most of them were Hindus. There was a Muslim as Muslim. well. Yeah. Then you had Muslims, and then halfway through the film, just the guy just arrives who happens to be a Sikh. Exactly. Yeah. It just mm. turns this is uh, Deva. Yeah, Deva. He wasn't even part of the, the, the community. Like he had come. F- it, it seemed like he he had come from another province and had heard about the what was happening. Like yeah. and again, it's it's a really great introductory shot. Like even if I didn't have the context, I did not necessarily know that he was a Sikh and he was an outsider because of that. The way that he's introduced with the ball rolling to his feet, yeah. him picking it up and the camera panning up as he's doing it. It's just it's a very effective establishing gun. And the interesting thing is, a lot of Sikhs were part of the Indian. Army, oh. Oh, sorry, the British Army. You know, so, so it makes sense in terms of him knowing cricket yeah, already. Yeah. He's explained so, because he... the fact that he was in the British Army. Because, yeah. as I say, a lot of the Indians, like if you looked at the film as well, a lot of the troops, yeah, would were, were Indian. Oh. If you looked at it, because they weren't, yeah, they weren't all British. Why? It was the officer class who yes. would have been British, exactly. Yeah. So the commanding mm. officers, yeah, were Nepalese were, were, were as well. The, um, uh, Gurkhas famously yeah, yeah. The, the the Gurkhas were part of the you know the the British army as well yeah you know um, but yeah so you got Muslims Sikhs uh, Hindus um, and then and then you had the caste system which is you know it was interesting that you had a, an untouchable that then became well, essential yeah, yeah. yeah and acceptable so in that respect because the when independence occurred, one of the themes of um, of that battle with the British, well, Mahatma Gandhi kind of renamed the Untouchables as uh, Dalits, and, yeah. and he was trying to say that we should all be equal. We shouldn't be. Yeah. Mm. We shouldn't just say that people are, you know, should be dismissed because. Yeah. And actually, I think the the guy who wrote the Indian Constitution was, uh, if you like, an Untouchable or mm. Dalit. Mm. So, uh, yeah. And and I suppose in in the in in the context of independence, there's also like it touches on I suppose that the the like aspect of sectarianism as well. Yeah, you have an indication of that. Obviously, the, the Catholicism the, and Protestants. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, sort of the tension that exists between these groups. Like, I mean, one of the things I really like about Lagan, and I, I feel really terrible that like you guys actually know about Indian cinema. I'm just like, yeah, but I can understand it. There's somebody who knows absolutely nothing about no, context. But, uh, but yeah, I, I it's love designed like that yeah. to be understood. But I love that it's a conventional sports movie. Like it, it, it's in many ways, like it's, it's a, it's a stock, like the basic plot of the movie is very akin to say the longest yard, which is where the, the inmates play American football with the, with the guards. You have the, like, is it, what's the war movie with, with the POWs who play oh, soccer? Oh yeah. The, um, it's an it's escape movie, escape, escape, yeah. escape to glory. I think yeah. it is. Yeah, which so I always alone. Think, yeah. <laughs> Michael Caine. Um, but like you have that. Isn't Pele in that? He is. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you have that sort of really great dynamic, and it, like Lagan hits all the beats, and it hits them exceptionally well. Like it hits all the this idea all the that Airbud moments. Uh, yeah, where, and, and, <laughs> where they Andrew, have to be. Well, there's nothing in the rules yeah. against that. As Andrew <laughs> describes, yeah, the Airbud, uh, the Airbud clause, which is basically. You can do anything that's not accepted in the sport at the moment as long as there's no explicit rule against it. So many of the cricket stances towards the climax where I think yeah. Babu was very upset. Well, not very upset, but very... Uh, he would have questioned some of the, uh, the cricket strategies employed by the yeah, villagers. There was a moment when um, uh, one of the characters, who was it, Guran, uh, who hit the ball twice? Ah, yeah. Yes, yeah, he yeah, tapped yeah. it and then tapped yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah. 
um, which was just not cricket. Um, <laughs> simply not cricket. Simply yeah. not cricket. But I, I love that it follows that dynamic. So you have like within the group, you have the idea of sport as like a, a unifying idea that brings that literally brings a team together, which is yeah. really what sport does. But it also serves as a victory that is not bloody. Like this is a this is a patriotic film about beating the British literally at their own game yeah. in a way that's not violent. That's not no. Like, it, it's like. Mel Gibson would look at this movie and go, well, yeah, it was patriotic, but I mean, if there's no bloodshed, what's the point? Yeah, because there's lots of kind of, uh, almost, you could say, jingoistic sort of talk, but there's yeah. no actual violence, uh, yeah, yeah. violence which, is, which is very refreshing in, in a... In sort of a nationalist movie. Yeah, yeah. But then the, when the fight for independence, the, the, the key, if you like, the key figure in that movement was Gandhi. Was yeah. Gandhi? I mean, was non-violence was yeah. the, the the theme or the, the idea? Yeah, the idea was not to be. When you look about, you know, the the idea of of um, one of the underlining themes, if you like, is that the fact that you're using non-violence to beat an oppressor, and then if you look at the American that is interesting civil rights movement. Yeah, oh, you've yeah, got the uh, Martin Luther King mm. and Malcolm X. Yeah, the Black Panther, but Martin Luther King, he expressed a non-violence way of beating the oppressor to say well we want freedom and the way that we're going to get that is through a non-violent approach yeah so maybe that's some of these underlining themes within yeah. this film so broadly speaking you can watch it and enjoy the you know the good versus evil yeah the sports elements to it but then the underlining themes are about you know how how society functions yeah. rich versus poor you know, even um, even that, that idea against yeah. you know and even that idea of non-violent resistance like I like yeah. the idea that was suggested I think Giovanna suggested this when they were talking about like the ball there's a moment where they're trying to get the ball to spin and they can't and I think Giovanna was suggesting hey, because, that's hey. because it's a new ball hey. and yeah, it hasn't it been worn in yeah. and as the game progresses the ball gets worn down and, and then, then as can. a result it can spin and I think that maybe that's an idea of, a, of like a metaphor for the process of, of independence as a gradual thing, like as a, as a non-violent movement where you gradually wear down your oppressor and you defeat them in, in ways that are not like the glorious rebellion that sort of Ireland unfortunately fetishizes when it comes to independence, but that you can get there like through other ways. And then there's an element as well, there's a, another spoiler where, where you've got somebody who worked for Russell. Yeah. As one of the servants, yes, who who is the announcer at the sports yeah. game, yeah, who then gets assaulted, yeah, and decides that he no longer wants to work for the oppressor, yeah, yeah. So that's a, an interesting context because because the underlying thing of and anywhere that you you, you go where you have an empire, uh, the British were here, the British were in India, yeah, but they were able to maintain that power by having a collusion. That's exactly, and that's yeah. discussed in so, the actual in the opening narration as well. Like the idea that the local lords um, uh, yeah. relied on the British to protect them from each other and paid tribute in response to that. Like the, the, I think even the narration sort of characterised it as a very clever way for the British to have solidified the power. Yeah. Um, and it is. It's you. You exploit these divides that exist, and so therefore, even like the idea to bring the social castes together in the sports game is a way of defying that. Yeah, yeah. and to maintain some um, local aristocracy so that the the um, people being governed feel like they have some kind of attachment to their to the power structure. Yeah. yeah, they're not completely removed. You know? Yeah, because I mean, it is the villagers go and they appeal. They don't appeal to Russell. No, they appeal. Hey, to they the appeal right. to the right. Yeah, yeah. Um, who, who, as we discover, is completely powerless. Also, yeah, another great kick the dog moment from Russell, which is like, yes, I want you to eat meat, not because it has anything to do with what I'm doing or because it has anything to do with what you ask me, 
just because I'm a sadistic so and so, and this takes yeah, my yeah. interest out. Yeah. And there was another thing. It was very interesting. As there was one scene where one of the villagers is uh, in the in the if you like the posh palatial building uh, with the British. Oh yeah. There's a, a scene where he passes yeah. the the ship that's in the At the East Indian Trading Company. Yeah, yeah. this is East India Trade, you know, yeah. uh, East India Company. But because the um, originally the it wasn't the crown that ran the, the country. Yeah. It, was it was the, the company, East, the East yeah. India Company, which was yeah. a trading yeah. organization that they were the. And it was only when they became bankrupt and the British came in as the crown to take over. Which is, I think, perhaps yeah, another great example of the interesting sort of hierarchies that, that work. Yeah. But I mean, it, it really is. It's, it's fantastically well put together and it's very easy to follow, I think, as, as, a, as a film goes. I'll, 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 I don't know how interesting it will be, but the, <laughs> the, the thing that mattered to me and nobody else was, the th- it was, was there was a part at the end where, there's, there's, where, Bu- where Bouvan gets hit in the air with, with a cricket ball and he's, He's bleeding and he has an earring and I I have this weird tactile aversion <laughs> to to earrings. Just seeing all of the, the blood That's kind nice. of dripping on it and it kind of dangling and, and I was like, oh I couldn't enjoy <laughs> the climax in a movie because I, I had this face on me like ah nah. Uh, stop, stop looking at the main character of the movie <laughs> just, refusing to just for it. a moment yeah clean I, that I, up or... i really like the way the climax was structured like because I, I when you're watching it I, and i think Fabio mentioned this as we we're watching because you know exactly what it's going to come down to it's going to yeah. come down to well there's going to be it's going to be a key it's going to rely on the untouchable character in a very key way because yeah. it needs to prove that he's worthwhile and so he can be accepted in the community mm. and then obviously at the very end the final bowl or the, the is that what you call it the final ball is yeah. going to come down to, to Bouvan and Russell in some way as a mano a mano. Yeah. Like as somebody who knew nothing about cricket, I assumed it was going to be Russell throwing the ball yeah. and Bouvan knocking it clear. But instead, it, it's structured as, as Bouvan hitting the ball and Russell catching it, but catching it outside the boundaries and thus, you know, not helping, but, but contributing in some small way to the... I, I liked how, how much they touched on all of the kind of different permutations of what might happen in a cricket game. <laughs> like the... the, the, the but the, the movie the, spends the, an the hour very... on the cricket game. Yeah. Which is only slightly shorter than the amount of time the characters <laughs> spend playing it. Um, but it's all good. Like, it is all it, good. It reflects how long cricket games are. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The, the... well, they, they last, you know... Three days. Three but, days. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, well, the, the international very international test will be five days, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. cricket is one day. As I remember, I, I went to college in, in one of the universities that we talked about there where cricket is played, uh, which is only one of the universities. So guess which one it was. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I never understood cricket, but you would go down and you would watch cricket being played. There was just something very relaxing about watching it being played, even if you had no idea what was going on. People, yeah. people go to cricket games and they sit kind of um, in the stands or in the grass with like, Drinking beer or wine yeah. and, and, and spending the, the day there and getting the sun and yeah, yeah reading the paper. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very relaxing, very soothing. It's not a game that you, because it will start, say, when I used to watch it, it start at 11 o'clock and finish around 6, 7, yeah. you know, set, well, 7, 8, something like that. Okay, so, so it's a long day. It's a working day. So you're not going to concentrate for the whole <laughs> of the day. You know? No. Because you know, <laughs> one imagines there's a point in the game where it's just sort of like decided, but it keeps going for another day. It does. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, in this particular movie, they had to win. Yeah. But sometimes it's a cricket game, um, unless 
the... Well, at one point, Russell was predicting like a 600-point lead, which would yeah. seem to be like, if you're watching that match, the last three days are just going to be terrible. Well, it, the thing of it is that with cricket, you can have a draw. You know what I mean? So unless you... like, That's why sometimes when he said, oh, well, it could be 600, he'd have probably declared before that just to allow the other team to, to bat because then you have to... If you don't get them all out, yeah, and they continue, it becomes a draw. No matter how many points you have, yeah. So you, that would have been you, a different way to end the movie. Yeah, <laughs> so the, the, but, but the, the fact of this, they had to win, so yeah. obviously it became more dramatic. I love the fact that it was clearly like somebody somewhere sat down. I like to imagine and actually worked through the rules of cricket to ensure that the game. Oh, I'm played. sure. I'm sure. Um, uh, probably Amir Khan who produced it. I I can't imagine. Producing this movie and not being a cricket fan. <laughs> he, he, but I mean, the, the thing is, in cricket, like football is, uh, like, if you like, Gaelic football here, hurling, most Irish people, depending on what uh, county you're from, will, will know the rules. Yes. Yeah. And the same as cricket. Cricket is the national game there, so everybody would know, would have grown up playing it. Yeah. And they, uh, they know it, so they would know. So that's why if it's for an audience, that was, I would say, predominantly Indian and then released international. International. Because not everyone would know cricket. Cricket. Mm. Okay, but in India, definitely they would. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fairness, I don't think I'd be able to write a a plot involving Gaelic football. (laughs) (laughs) We're waiting for that great uh, Once Upon a Time in Sligo. uh, (laughs) Well, Once Upon a Time in Sligo would be a real underdog Gaelic story. (laughs) I I get very embarrassed when somebody says, oh, your lot got hammered at the weekend. It's like, "Um, we're more of a hurling county. No, that's it's not true either. <laughs> yeah. No, I was talking about the hurling match. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, association football. All right, you got it on the third go. <laughs> well, it's interesting that the, when you're watching it, it's only when you're watching it partway through you can see all the elements of, of if you like, of our cultural background, you know, both as Irish people and, you know, Indian people who are under colonial rule. Uh, and then all the other aspects of it that you only think about when you start to discuss it. Yeah. So I think mm. this is the kind of film that you'll watch and then you'll think about it afterwards. Yeah. Whereas a lot of movies, you can just watch it. Chew and it and, and sort of spin out bubblegum on us. And then yeah. you go out to cinema and you don't think about it. I have no much. idea. I cannot remember what happened in that movie that I watched. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I think it is. And I think it's, it's a very, it is a very just beautiful, even ignoring all, I like that, just... Ignoring all the themes, all the important stuff that happened, all the social context, it's a very beautiful movie. It's it's a very well constructed piece of film. Like just as a like it's a, it was a joy to watch. I watched most of it with a smile on my face, which mm. was um, which like yeah, I've watched a lot of movies. Um, I am a very cynical and hearted person, as Andrew will attest when it comes to certain <laughs> films that we've talked about. But I watched yeah. it again with a with a very broad grin on my face for most of it. Yeah, plus like the 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 thematic kind of richness only elevates it yeah I think yeah so you have a very enjoyable movie that also kind of has something some important things to say um which 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 makes it far less frivolous yeah yeah you can't really accuse it of of of... yeah so it's got that wonderful sort of like striking line of of neither being too heavy-handed nor too light-hearted it's got yeah uh, which which is very difficult thing to do as a movie yeah uh given that we watch so many of them for this yes i would say that it's a very (laughs) difficult thing for a movie to do Uh, and it just accomplishes it very very well 
Yeah. And right. there were no real jarring tonal shifts. No, so, which is because no. actually what Giovanna was saying about the, the Bollywood thing. This is a very... I don't, and I, we talked about how in some ways it's a straightforward film. I don't think that diminishes in any way, shape, or form. Like, it has a very clear trajectory. It knows where it's going and it knows what it's doing. And, like, mm. while some elements are predictable, like, for example, you know that, that Laka is going to sell, you know, he's going to sell the village out because he's set up as this romantic rival who's going to feel left out. And yeah. you, know, you know that, for example, they're, they're, you know, Russell is going to be defeated and you know that it's, it's going to come down to Bouvan at the end. Like, even as it hits those beats, it hits those beats with enough technical proficiency and with enough skill and with enough charm, to be absolutely honest, that yeah. it, it works. And it doesn't feel it doesn't feel predictable in a sense that it's mm. hackneyed. It feels almost like you would say stately or almost like prestigious or almost like just this is a story being well told. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I suppose to 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 be um, to to be mildly critical, I, I, I said there there were no jarring tonal shifts. I thought the 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 use of um, uh, movie tears in a few scenes, I it took me out of it a little bit. Movie tears? Yeah, it 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 seemed like at a few a few moments in the in in the movie. They cut away from the character and then cut back to with, <laughs> with, with the tear is just kind of rolling down the face and it's like um, I like how, uh, there's somebody just like can we get some tears here? Yeah. You got some tears? Anyone else want some tears? And like, kind of yeah. um, it's like you need the Joey Tribbiani school of movie, <laughs> a movie crying where somebody has like a needle in their pocket that they yeah. jab. Yeah, like like that that uh, that's a very Andrew's small. Andrew's calling you out. I kind I can't, like honestly I kind of enjoyed it, but it it was it was it was. It was <laughs> It was difficult to, 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 to take seriously in the way it was probably intended, yeah, which, I... which was that this is an, 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 an emotional um, scene. And it was. Like, it the, was, the yeah. way they were telling the story was very... But the, 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 the kind of moment where it cuts away and then cuts back and there's this kind of, like, tear running down her face and it, it felt very much like it had been placed there. I actually quite like... There's a number of other shots when you talk about, like, the position of the camera and the cuts and stuff. There's, like... The, the film quite likes, say, reaction shots as well from characters. But I, I love that, because that's something that you don't really see anymore, where you have this fixation on capturing the, the moment in camera and not disturbing it with a cut. So you'd have moments where something would happen and you'd cut across the villagers, and you get, like, raised eyebrows in a very theatrical sense, or, like, mm. crossed eyebrows. Yeah. Um, and I really, really like that aspect of it, actually. I like I, I like when I had the the um, uh, leaning over to look and then just kind of falls over the little moment of slapstick <laughs> yeah. where he's sitting on the steps. Yeah, um, I also yeah I like that setup and payoff where Laka <laughs> to prove his place on the team, his job is to run up and down the steps, and then later you get him being chased by a mob up those same steps. Um, that's some good setup and payoff dramatically. How how how, how about yes, yourself, Giovanni? Yeah, because, Is there anything uh, that you wanted to kind of? Yeah, I mean uh, the um, uh, representation of um, uh, emotions and the display of mm. um, uh, happiness or um, sadness is very important in Bollywood films. So mm. that's why I mean you you would see people crying and you would see this kind of display that maybe in um, Western films might be a bit corny, a bit uh, trite, mm, but, uh, yes, yeah. but yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you, you need to feel something when you yeah. watch a film, uh, in, uh, it's not supposed to be Ibsen, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be yeah. real emotion, yeah. raw emotion, that's why, there'd I be mean, a lot less musical numbers in a more Ibsen bit, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And yeah. even here, I mean, uh, the, 
uh, the song sequences and the dance sequences were actually further in the narrative. They were not just uh, no, uh, beats no. uh, that uh, are were supposed generally? to. Uh, uh, sometimes they are, but um, in the more okay. uh, sophisticated films. Otherwise, in uh, the more commercial films, uh, they are just moments of escapism and they are substitute normally for uh, mm. uh, love sequences because, uh, as we were saying earlier... It's a family-friendly. Yes, so mm. you cannot have... Uh, you, uh, in most uh, Bollywood films, uh, uh, the characters are not even kissing because uh, it's not uh, uh, really a done thing, it's not acceptable morally, you know. And so uh, they substitute the love sequences with uh, the song and dance sequences that are sometimes set in very exotic places. Uh, you see them one moment in the pyramids, the next moment in Iceland, because it looks ah. very, very spectacular. And instead, here, basically, they were uh, part of the stories, basically, that they were told through song and dance, like when they were expecting the rain or when uh, Muvan told uh, uh, Gori that uh, he loved her. It yeah. was uh, something that uh, was happening. Moments in the same, of significance that yes, were but, uh, driving uh, the plot And it was forward. happening yeah. in the same uh, yeah. uh, space as the story. They wouldn't yeah. uh, go. Uh, it wasn't that you could cut out and, and you, you'd actually need it. It, it, it. Again, it's the, to come back to the MGM musical comparison. It, it's very much it's like characters expressing things that they maybe cannot say through you know awkward exposition. It's like, okay, well, we really want the rain. We want it so much that we're going to express it through dancing. Like this love triangle that exists between, you know, this, this, uh, you know, uh, sister of, of this, this British commandant and, and, you know, the, the two, the, mm. the guy in the village and, and his, the woman who wants to marry him. Like all this is, is spoken through this wonderful sort of vibrant dance. And I actually, I love one of the best cuts in the movie is the cut from the dance party at the Indian village to the Pride and Prejudice dance taking place inside the, the yes, sort of yeah. uh, command. Exactly. That, that's a beautiful sort of juxtaposition of the two worlds that I'm, I think works really well. I found it amusing. The stuff about the, the stuff about rain uh, in, <laughs> in, in this movie, because I think we mentioned like there were, there were, there were like 20,000 extras and no um, CGI. I think the only CGI was the, was the, the black cloud, uh, yeah. clouds coming. But the funny thing about it was they 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 had to go to a to great efforts to find this this dry parched um, place that hadn't been uh, touched by the monsoon season, and then I guess they had to hope that, <laughs> that, that it wouldn't, wouldn't rain during the movie. Yeah. Meanwhile, the the uh, characters in the movie are desperately <laughs> hoping and praying for it to rain, and then kind of I guess under their breath saying. Please don't actually rain. <laughs> yeah. When we say we want it to rain, we don't actually mean that we want it to rain. Um, but I, I do actually really, really like that stuff. And I liked the, I just liked the vibrant sort of feel of it. And the, like the broadness of it is something that's interesting. Because I think one of the arguments about, in American sort of cinema and American television, about performance style. Like you, you had in the past this sort of broad theatrical style. And the argument there was that people would generally be watching on smaller screens than they're watching now. So if you were doing a performance, you wanted it to be more like theatre, where you project the people in the in the cheap seats with the poor image quality you can actually see that you are sad, you are angry, mm-hmm. uh, and so on and so forth. Um, and I wonder, I sort of wonder if if that's maybe an element here. If it was like uh, like you wanted to cast, like you talked about the film maybe wanting to be a bit sort of broad and accessible to all audiences. Like, is that a, a re is is a reason why the emotions are painted so broadly part of that to make it more accessible? Do you think? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think that having watched um, a lot of Bollywood, 
Hollywood movies just recently, to be honest, in the last 10 years or so, I would say that this film, in terms of the way that emotion yeah. is is put, you know, displayed in the... It's actually quite tonally low-key okay. in comparison to a lot of Indian movies. Out there. Mm. Because most Bollywood movies, it's drenched in emotion and it almost makes you cry. You know, there's some of the, <laughs> It's so dramatic, okay. particularly, you know, the... Because you know, a lot of Indian movies have a, I guess, over the it centrally is a love story, and it's in the past it's been boy meets girl, uh, either the boy's parents or the girl's parents don't like the other party, other party, and then it, it goes through that process, you know, and usually there's always a dramatic falling out of family, and it's you know the tears Your third act twist, and it's just so it's, it's <laughs> drenched <laughs> in emotion, which makes you uh, cry, you know, so. So in that respect, in this film, it's, it's, it's turned oh. down quite a lot, I would say. Um, yeah. Oh, yes, definitely compared to the regular commercial fare, oh, okay. definitely it's turned down. So instead of yeah. like a little spray for the Hollywood tears of power hose, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, like the thing I've, yeah, I, 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 I um, found, I guess, interesting or amusing or whatever was, was the liberal but miniature use of, of, of these emotional se- <laughs> uh, scenes. They, 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 like where 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 it doesn't really kind of um yeah like like you say it doesn't it doesn't go over the top or anything but it's but it but it's <laughs> definitely there and it commits and, to it when yeah it yeah out. yeah but it but it and and again for a very long movie they yeah. it's, 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 uh, they keep it very short if you if you were to yeah. as a percentage of the film it's, it's yeah. quite small but there's um, a few of them given, yeah, yeah given yeah. that the film is so long it's quite a lot of it yeah but yeah. Uh, but you know the other thing is that uh, and we haven't touched on this, it was an interesting... If you think about when the film was supposed to be set, yeah. and the fact that you had a, a, a British part of the empire, colonialism, yeah. and then you had a, a white British woman falling in love with a... a with an Indian protagonist, yeah. Yeah, mm. that was unusual, I would say. Well, not unusual, but it was... An interesting... Yeah, because it... it and even in American films that are very uh, conscious of the box office, yeah, yeah, you don't really get like there's, there's you don't get that interracial, kind of, yeah, even yeah. among Americans at that time. Maybe now it's much more easier. But I remember okay. the films with uh, there was a film years ago with uh, I think it was called The Pelican Brief with uh, Denzel yeah, Washington, Washington and, and Julia Roberts. And Julia Roberts, and there's that element of you know, do they? Yeah, you know. Well, there is. I think there's, there's actually, to be fair, groups have sort of like produced studies and so on and found that interracial relationships in, in United States cinema, and obviously not in movies like, say, Love, where it's the primary focus of the film, but in like blockbusters and in like mass entertainment, are still not as common. Yeah. Loving, yes. Yeah. Is that what they call it? Love. Okay, apologies. But like like Loving, where it's a central part of the story, or United Kingdom in the UK, where it's a central part of the story. Yeah. Like in, in general, I think that they've looked at the like uh, groups have sort of looked at this and said, but actually, they're very underrepresented. Much like all minorities in general are underrepresented in American film and television, but interracial relationships in particular are. And that, think, like, you yeah. tend to have characters of the same ethnicity paired off with one another. I think another. there's a Queen Victoria movie with Judy Dench coming up, where it's it, it it's looking at this kind of um, uh, platonic but scandalous uh, relationship between oh, herself and an Indian, uh, and an Indian um, kind of servant. servant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like a friendship that developed between them and yeah and to be fair i do think that the the film while while that element is interesting it does as as you pointed out it it 
I don't think this is, I don't think it's a conscious, I don't think it's a racial thing because I think it ties back to what you're talking about. These films need to be family friendly because it is a very safe relationship and there's never a sense yeah. that say Russell at any point has an objection to the, he doesn't, he's not aware of that dynamic of the relationship at all. No. The film works very hard to make sure that he never even suspects exactly. that that's an element. Yeah. Um, well, so it, yeah. What, 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 what I thought was a really interesting way of playing it was the be, 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 because it's 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 an intercultural and an interracial uh, relationship i i felt the the way they um they're kind of there was a shorthand they use where she 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 tells him oh i actually yeah. love that uh, scene that, that she loves him in english and, and he can't he understand, can't understand because that's a beautiful he scene. speaks in a really yeah. really clever scene and it's very very well done and it never actually occurs to him that that's the dynamic. Yeah, it occurs to Corey, I think. So the two women, it occurs to them. Yeah. But it never occurs to him yeah. or mm. any of the other villages. And you get even that and great that's... scene with the, the musical number of where she's explaining that she's jealous, where yeah. you have the bit where he's constantly interrupted by other women. He's completely oblivious to why this would offend anybody. Yeah. Uh, but you get the sense that this is how she sees it. Like, it, it's a great example of using the, a musical element to underscore, like, a character piece and stuff. Like, it's fascinating. It's... And it's really, really well done. For all that we were talking about it being a very broad film, I liked that sort of nuance. Yeah, and so there's elements of it that uh, you know that play on different levels to different people. Yeah, yeah. So anyone can watch it, and depending on your, you know, it, it doesn't matter what your cultural background is. It doesn't matter what your, uh, you know, your education level. It doesn't matter how old you are. There's, there's going to be something, something for there for you that you can watch it just as a straight movie, yeah. and not really have any understanding of anything or care. Yeah. yeah, and then there's other, but because at the same time, it, it's not particularly uh, aggressive in its no in it, in its kind of like stance of anything, you know. Yeah. No, even the patriotism, you know, the kind of like as we talked about, it's not braveheart patriotism. It's yeah. like it's yeah. I mean, no, there, there's there's a lot of talk about kind of foreigners and dirty yeah. English <laughs> and Ferengi and yeah, yeah. But but on the other hand, nobody at any point you know threatens to mass murder anybody. Exactly. No, no. Which is is kind of reassuring in a, in a patriot because even like when you're watching like Michael Collins, for example, there's a, there's a sense of that. I think there's a faint scent of that in that like the, the British characters not tend to be played by people like Charles Dance, who I don't think has played a decent human being. Oh no, he did. He played. He was in <laughs> Alien Three and he got brutally murdered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when Charles I Dance can't. gets soft. Yeah, <laughs> when Charles Dance gets soft, he gets dead. But um, I, I, I really like that aspect of it. Yes, and it's also because um, uh, basically um, in this film, uh, I mean, it's um, old-fashioned also in the way that uh, the. Um, villains are villains and uh, the yeah, good yeah. characters are good characters there, there are not very many shades of uh, grey but at the same time at the same time um, Amir Khan in this film wants to promote uh, peace and cohesion between um, races and cultures and yeah. religion and so uh, he didn't want to portray all the British as mm. uh, ugly dirty and evil yeah. there, uh, so uh, he needed to have a good British yeah. character. Yeah. And, uh, As Andrew points out, yeah, man, many American films don't have a good British character. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, or or a good Japanese character in in the. I like how in, this is turned into the picking example. on Mel Gibson podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're always picking on Mel Gibson. But the, I think he's the, big enough to take it. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 he's um, he'll go crazy. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of wanted Russell to have that kind of. 
Iceman moment at the end of Top Gun where he's like, you can be my wingman any day. Or it's like, you beat me fair and square, kind of. You know what I mean? Where, At what where, point were where, you watching where Russell killed the bunny in the first 10 minutes? Where you were thinking, I was, I was, this is a man who can be redeemed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean uh, Val, Val Kilmer was mean to Tom Cruise. It's the same thing, really. Same Shooting thing, a really. bunny can be mean to Tom Cruise. I know, it but, was that he yeah. set up as a very evil guy. Yeah. Uh, Bouvan is always uh, very fair and uh, yeah, brave yeah. and uh, um, compassionate mm. man. Uh, yeah, but he's introduced never... saving an adorable deer. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that's Bouvan's establishing character moment. Yeah, um, and I, I love actually. Yeah, to be fair, I love the, the movies recurring. And we talked about the great reaction shots. I love the movies recurring reaction shots of other characters to Bouvan, like when he does stuff, like when he commits this wager of like three times taxation. You know, versus three years free. There's this wonderful shot of the entire community looking at him, and then this entire what seems to be the entire province marching towards him <laughs> at one point. Um, like I love the sort of deer in the headlights sort of uh, vibe that you get. Like he's not, he's a very he's not indestructible. No, he's, he's, he's not, not the traditional. Yeah, he's not like he's not a very conventionally masculine protagonist. At least as, as myself and Andrew will be familiar with looking at films that are on the list like Terminator 2 yeah he's not a, he's not an unstoppable cricket machine <laughs> like um he's... and they get beaten really really badly like at it at, um at the at, on the first day yeah of 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 of, of well, the that's cricket kind of expected i think in the yeah. narrative arc of sports films but yeah, yeah. I, I think it's you know, yeah. you know you you take a beating and then you somehow or other you win yeah yeah the and worst thing you can do is, is win on the first day because yeah. that means it's what like 270 at the first day i think and and then the the final score is is and like 325 yeah. yeah. that's after after three three outs um it, it was um to two two seventy two or something like I that. I like the fact that Andrew's and then, the one doing the statistics on this, this edition of the podcast. And the, no, we'll have graphs. The, uh, <laughs> the um, Andrew was think, suggesting at one point that the, the movie should have like a cricket scorecard up the top corner yeah, of the screen to help us the, keep track. The, the, the spin thrower. Um, there's there's the um, untouchable who who's also a cripple. He I think he scores a hat trick, doesn't he? He he. In terms of the number of wickets he takes. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, so uh, I, I mean, as I say, I think it's almost like uh, Amir Khan's character is yeah. just a way of, uh, and, and and that's a great thing that all of us have mentioned is that often some of the the scenes are set in a way that everything furthers the story. Yeah. So even when uh, the, if you like, the Judas, yes, uh, he, yeah, he's trapped yeah. in the in the belter. Yeah. But he gets a way of redemption. Yeah, you know, yeah. So through Bouvan. Yeah, he's not killed, but he has an opportunity to redeem himself. Yeah. Whereas somewhere else, and he else, gets it on the head with a cricket ball. So it's yeah. like, yeah, he pays yeah. in some way for his crimes. Yeah. But it's the fact that he gets a chance yeah. to redeem himself. So it's this idea, okay, nobody is other than Russell. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I suppose again, Russell introduced killing a deer and an adorable <laughs> bunny. I, yeah, and I, I, I suppose Russell also is is maybe uh, learned some humility. Uh, That's what you took from the scene of him thrashing his. Uh, <laughs> well, he he he's he's um, he's introduced as this very uh, cocksure, sort of sneering, arrogant. I think they use the word arrogant many times to be to be to be demoted and to to be humiliated in in the way in the way that he is 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 a way for him to. 
to maybe at some point I think you're gain, gain something. I think, I think you're being or, overly optimistic. I, I, I didn't like, see him being redeemed yeah, at all. I don't see him. You don't see him at the end of the day. lost yeah. and then you throwing don't, all the furniture around and breaking it. I don't, you don't see Russell moving to Africa and opening up a veterinary hospital yeah. for adorable little It was strange as well because it was Central Africa. I was wondering what colony he's... he's um, He's, I mean, they were trying to in. say that he's going to end up somewhere horrible. Hey, yeah, yeah. where, where no, perhaps somewhere that no one has yet claimed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just arrives, going to march that direction with this flag and just yeah. keep walking until he's, he's going to say, "You're going to end up in a desert." Yeah, which suggests he's not going to be in a palatial palace where no. he spent most of I, the film. I like the idea it's, that there's a, a franchise idea here of like Russell being gradually demoted at every stage. Challenging the locals to a game of cricket, <laughs> yeah. being beaten yeah. and being demoted once again. Here's yeah. your patch of desert. It's uh, it's this wide and this long, but you can you can you can just big enough. You can go as fish. deep as you like, <laughs> yeah. um, and all that's yours. Yeah, I don't I don't see a redemption for no, Russell to be no, honest here. Not, no. uh, I think Russell is the one character in the movie beyond redemption, very effectively established <laughs> as beyond redemption. Again, killing an adorable deer and a beautiful baby rabbit. Hey, you, 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 you eat meat. I, I mean, what, like, where do you think that comes from? I like the idea. That I, I eat meat too, by the way, but I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't mind. The, I like the, the idea that, that Russell is a hero to Andrew because he probably doesn't engage in food waste. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if the animals suffer. Um, but definitely, not in the film. No, no. In fact, the animal in in the film that suffers most is the horse that that that, that gets the, the nail in the foot. But anyway, sure, that's beside the point. Andrew coming across as very pro Russell on this podcast, <laughs> disarmingly pro Russell. Uh, yeah, his uh, sense of adventure. <laughs> He's bemoaning the lack of. Um, of daring do it's strange but it's interesting as actually as the film finishes so Russell ends up in you know being demoted and then the British move out yeah that's kind of I don't know whether that's you know again that that could be down to the well I think the film ends with the really the really sort of like Braveheart-esque note I, I love that we're coming back to Braveheart as a point of comparison to this where Braveheart's like this may not be the history that you remember but that's because history is written by the victors and not Mel Gibson so this is what really happened and, and sort of like Lagan ends with the voiceover narration that's like well and then the British left India and sadly Duvan's name was lost to history but you'll just have to take our word for it um, it has yeah. that sort of like it could be a myth I like that aspect of it. I like yeah I think I think it's 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 clear enough to us that it's not a true story, but I, I think, I think because of its broad appeal, it's, it, well, it has a sort of it, 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 quality. Yeah, it, it has that kind of allowance for a person to believe that this may have happened. Yeah. But I mean, the film doesn't, when it starts, it doesn't say based on a true story. No. It says any, any uh, relation to <laughs> living or dead is purely coincidental. Yeah. It's the law and order disclaimer. Um, yeah. Was case. it Fargo that said based on a true story? Yes, and he's not at all. <laughs> and it's not. Uh, not yeah. at all. Yeah, Fargo has a has somewhat storied history with that, but that's for another podcast. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but um, cool. Well, with that in mind, then, um, where can we find uh, you guys yeah. on online? We can we talk a little bit more about the, the Indian, Indian Film, film Festival. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just in case, just to bring our list of date, like if they want to see movies that are. Maybe not like the Gan, but maybe want a bit of exposure to, to Indian cinema. I, I think in, t- in terms of the film festival this year, it is a bit more accessible than previous years. There tend to be a lot of free showings now. 
whereas before they were in you know kind of cinemas that might not be necessarily central yeah uh, so i think that that's that's improved um okay. oh more involved no in excuse people yeah. no yeah. where can we find out about this so the, the website's up which we're going to yes yes uh, the, the website is up it's uh, india film festival of ireland and um, i mean if you put it even on Google, uh, if you put the uh, Indian Film Festival of Ireland uh, 2017, uh, uh, for sure the, um, uh, there will be a link to, with, um, uh, with the website. I, I, I don't know the website by heart. Uh, normally it's Indian Film Festival uh, of Ireland. Yeah. Well, we'll include in the show notes, sure. like there'll be the links for people who are listening. Yeah, to I, and I, I, you just have to be aware of that because I think they're still setting everything up, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yes, and so the program is still so subject to change. And yeah, so because yeah. it's not until September, and mm-hmm. now it's yeah. it's. Well, thank you very much, guys. I, I realized that this was a substantial commitment of time for you guys. But it was a very yeah, interesting yeah, experience. Good. It's not yeah, every day yeah. that you get was, to be part of a podcast. Well, it was an absolute pleasure for us. Yeah. It was fantastic to have, I guess, the, the, the experience um, that you have, Giovanni, that you both have. Um, our uh, Indian film expert and our cricket expert. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Leading yeah. academic in Indian uh-huh. film in Ireland. <laughs> Just because I'm the only one. So there's no other option. Don't tell him that. Don't tell him that, Giovanna. We're, we're the leading IMDb podcast in Ireland. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. A question Is there any cricket on today that we can. <laughs> <laughs> the World Cup just finished. Actually, Pakistan won. Uh, ah. Yeah. Uh, so yes, was... it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So shame, shame. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it'll have to wait. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much, guys, for coming in. It was an absolute pleasure. And thank you very much for inviting us. Thank you very much for having us. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. 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 Bye.